0: The following podcast contains spoilers and words such as gh, and b*****. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, all you fine folks out there in PCAST land. Hope you're all recovering from a, a night of exuberance and class at the Oscars, the Academy Awards. How you doing, Toph? Yeah, did you, you- you recovered from all of the canapes and, and nibblies and- it, Well, there were actually very good nibblies. My my older sister put on a very nice brunch because, of course, that's when the Oscars are on Australian time. First time I have ever in my life watched the Oscars live. A Sunday night ceremony in LA, that's Monday morning in Australia, I have always either been at school or at work. So this was- I tell you what, it's- it, It's weird watching the Oscars in the daytime. It's really weird. Yeah, I can imagine. I still, even though I did have the option open to me this year, I was in bed quite sick. And I felt like I wanted the option to be able to pause and, more importantly, skip ahead (laughs) if the need arose. So, I still watched it Monday night. Um, Your family did your usual tipping pool, though? As always, and- does Beth still count as occasional host? It's been a really long time. We'll just say friend of the podcast, Beth, my younger sister, uh, beat me by one vote. I started off, man, I was I was going beautifully. I was like, everyone else should just stop counting because this is over, <laughs> just quietly. And then I got I got the first two shorts right. I got short live action right, I got short animated right, I got short documentary wrong, and it's like, oh well, two out of three shorts. Yeah. Ain't bad, really, given that I haven't seen them, nor of the people voting for them, probably. <laughs> yeah. Got that one wrong and, mate, I just went off the cliff. Sounds like you had a very similar experience to me, actually. I was doing beautifully to start with, like shocking myself. There were a couple of late changes that I made to my tips after after our discussion. And just also there were some, you know, even though I had said that I didn't think Emerald Fennel was going to win screenplay, I still in, in the end tipped her just because I wanted her to win so badly. So that threw me off when she did win first up. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, and so I reckon I, I think it was the first eight I got all correct up until the shorts. And then I never recovered. I ended up with 13 out of the 23 correct, which is not a great run. How many did you get in the end for Beth to beat you by one? I was 16 of 23, which is not a great score. But that's still pretty good. I had a reasonable score, not a great score, and at one point it was looking like just incredible scenes, and that went to shit. Um, so, in in terms of the Oscars themselves, um, so that's why you have a host. Yeah, I thought this was probably the worst year yet. This this was the least interesting Oscar ceremony I've ever seen. <laughs> but bring back. Fucking Billy Crystal. Where is Billy Crystal these days? He's has to be kicking around still- somewhere. I don't think we need to be wheeling out septuagenarians. <laughs> like, there's entertaining people in the world. That's the thing. My point is that there are a million people who could host. There are plenty of people who haven't been too would yet. <laughs> like, we can roll somebody out to host this thing. We don't need to have nobody host because it doesn't work. <laughs> I couldn't believe how long this year's ceremony was. I, I recorded it off the television. Um, it was in the TV guide for three hours. I set it to record three plus, you know, an extra five, ten minutes just in case it ran over. Uh, my recording cut off at the end of the in memoriam. <laughs> so, Mate, as someone who grew up recording Oscars, you need to set it for longer than five or ten minutes. You need to go the distance. We knew there wasn't a host. We knew that they weren't performing the best songs this year. Thank God. I really thought that it might crack, you know, like it was scheduled for three with ads. I really thought that they might have got it right this year. <laughs> they certainly should have. They should have cut the first humanitarian thing with Cranston telling us about summertime at home. Like, yeah. you know, that's nice, but quite frankly, don't care. Yeah. You know, happy to have Tyler Perry's thing. That's fine. Yay, humanitarian work. Yeah. Um, We didn't need to. No, no, we absolutely didn't need to. Um, any little joke segments that they ever try, they really just shouldn't try. <laughs> like, it's funny. I'm really torn because the Oscars these days are an incredibly dry ceremony. And yes, there should be some humour, but there should be actual humour. The trivia thing, like, okay, yes, there was payoff because Glenn Close, quite frankly, spectacular. Um, but it was an effort to get to that point. Yeah. with that, With that whole bit. That was, I think, I think most people watching felt how Aaron Sorkin looked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about, let's not talk about all of the awards. Let's talk about some of the big ones, though, and certainly the ones that surprised us. I mean, firstly, just the structure of the ceremony. Have they ever structured the awards in this way? Don't they usually build up to Best Picture? I read somewhere that the last time Best Picture did not close it out was 1971. Very weird decision this year. very weird decision, and made okay, and it's it doesn't take a lot of unpacking to know where they were coming from. It's like, okay, Nomad Land is a massive favorite. It's not going to be a surprise when it wins. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman is dead, and we all thought going to win. Yeah, so we're going to end on this really emotional touching speech by you know from his widow. So the thought process is sound. I guess. Um, Then we got proof, I guess, that the Oscars, in fact, aren't rigged. Yeah. Tony Hopkins wins. Joaquin Phoenix is like, I have no interest in being here in case you haven't picked that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. And because we don't have a host, it's like fade to black. It's horrible. It was a very, very strange ending. And I mean, this this is the bizarre thing. Sure, no host. Surely there's a producer, right? Like, I know that the winners are supposed to be secret. You and I have run, I mean, not like, not an event of this scale, but you and I have run live events. There needs to be somebody who knows what is actually happening. Like, somebody needs to know who these winners actually are so that they can prepare for these things properly. Apparently, there was a a contingency plan, which was that Coleman was going to give the speech for Hopkins from that hub in London. Right. But Phoenix didn't throw to it because Phoenix was, like, just so disinterested in the whole thing. I mean, how do you how do you feel about that? I've not seen The Father. My understanding is that it's an excellent film and that Hopkins does probably give the performance of the year in it. I agree with both those statements. The Father is absolutely fantastic. Hopkins is incredible. Um, I wasn't going to be mad about Bozeman winning because- like hooray for celebrating Chadwick Boseman, um, but yeah, Hopkins—it's—it's it's a well-deserved Oscar, and then of course our girlfriend, which I didn't think was happening, and I was pumped. I was absolutely pumped. Yeah, I should have tipped Fran. I went with my heart there, and I tipped Mulligan. Just at last minute, I was like, okay, I think promising young woman might might do a few things, which is why I did tip Fennell and and uh, Mulligan, but. Yeah, always happy to see Fran win, like who isn't? <laughs> Extremely happy to see Chloe Zhao win director. Was very happy with that win. A lot of spreading the love, like Nomadland did lead the winners with with 3 wins. And then every other best picture nominee got 2 wins, bar Child of Chicago 7, which got nothing. Yeah. 3 is I mean 3 is not a lot. For for best picture to only get 3 I mean, that's a low number for Best Picture. Yeah, some real spreading the wealth going on. Happily, it didn't really matter that it was a bit of a dud ceremony in many people's- li- not, not everyone's eyes, to be fair, but in many people's eyes, a bit of a dud ceremony, because um, no one watched it. Yeah, lowest rated Oscar ceremony in a very long time. Did you actually see the, the chart of, um, of ratings over the last six years? Uh, look, I haven't seen the chart, but I did read that it was. I think is, was it down fifty eight percent on last year? Then it's not like last year was a great number. Yeah, definitely more than fifty percent. So, twenty fourteen, there were forty three point seven million viewers. We're um, we really going to read out six or seven. I, I'm, well? not gonna, I'm not going. I'm not going to go through all of them. <laughs> I'm just going. to Just you know, let me do that again without you interrupting. You f- <laughs> so, twenty fifteen, there were thirty six point six million viewers. Right. By 2020, only five years later, they lost over 10, down to 23 million. This year, nine. That is a low, low number. I mean, it was always going to be low, like people weren't going to the movies in the last year. I'm sure there's people in a panic about it, but it was just always going to be low. But here's the thing. People can say that. How often are blockbusters the focus of the Oscars anyway? Never. (laughs) They never have been. But I just think, like movies in general, when were, were so removed from, like movies are no longer the centre of pop culture anyway. Oh, that's true. But television they just got is further removed from it. Yeah. In the last twelve months, so that's fair. And I, it's at one point I was, I was thinking, and it's not like there was a big Chris Nolan type film for people to latch on to, and then I was like, wait, there was, just no one liked it that much. Yeah. Apart from the people that <laughs> gave us a one star review. <laughs> Yeah, look, so a couple of lessons learned from the Oscars, I think. It's not rigged, and yes, we probably need a host. Yep. Yeah. agreed. <laughs> agreed. We tried no host. It was actually okay to begin with, but now we've found out why you have a host. Yeah, I was thinking back to the- f- I remember the first year they didn't have a host. We all thought it was going to be a nightmare, and it ended up being one of the better ceremonies of the pre- You know, the couple of years before it. Um, this, this year was just so, so bland and so dry and so overlong. If we were talking about if we were talking about the Oscars like film, you'd be like, "Someone needed to edit this shit." Yeah, it needed to be shorter. Yeah, all right. Is that enough Oscars talk for us? Have we fulfilled our Oscars duty? Yeah. Well done, Nomadland. You're very good. I'm happy for you. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, what should we get into now then? Something something equally as highbrow and artsy, equally if not more so. I would suggest. Something that might sweep the awards next year, maybe. I would be pushing back my films if I was a studio, quite (laughs) frankly, for the next 12 months. Just clear out, people. Clear out. That's right, because we are, of course, talking about- A 2021 American-Australian martial arts fantasy film directed by Simon McCoy in his feature directorial debut from a screenplay by Greg Russo and Dave Callahan. Uh It stars Lewis Tan, Jessica McNamee, Tadanobu Asano, Mechad Brooks, Ludi Lin, Chin Han, Joe Taslam and Hiroyuki Sanada. And what is it about, Toph? It's a, a reboot, I guess, um, of- can it be said that a film based that like can an IP film be a cult film? Can those two things exist at the same time? Yeah, yeah, they absolutely. Cuz certainly can. the closest it comes is is the 95 Mortal Kombat, which is just cinematic gold. Um so it's an it's an updated, it's a new telling of the Mortal Kombat story that many of us, many of us <laughs> know and love. Yeah, okay. uh, what is it about? It's about people fucking brutalizing people each fighting. Other. I mean, that's it. People it's, fighting. It's it's the literally the film equivalent of a fighting game. It's it's button mush. It's button mashing for your brain. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, all right, so let's dive into this. You and I haven't spoken a great deal about Mortal Kombat before. We did an episode on Street Fighter with our friends, the Contrarians, which is probably the closest we've come. Well, no, it's not because Street Fighter is is just. Uh- <laughs> Hot trash and Mortal Kombat is a master. This is where I was going. The one thing I remember about that is that you were not a Street Fighter player as a kid, but you, you played Mortal Kombat, yeah? Not a ton, like, because we, we didn't have a SNES. We didn't have whatever, whatever platform it was on. Yeah. We didn't have. But what I was in love with was the idea of being a Mortal Kombat person. Right. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved the film. I loved it. Right, so I grew up with a Super Nintendo. Now, Mortal Kombat was not on Super Nintendo due to its violence. And later on, when it did come, no blood. Which you know, that's not Mortal Kombat. So nobody. Wasn't there a code you could put in? I well, there might have been a later like versions, it unlocked the blood. I'm not sure, but either way, nobody owned it for Super Nintendo because why would you? If you were gonna, if you were the kind of person who was gonna play Mortal Kombat, you had a Sega or whatever, like. So, I was not a Mortal Kombat player as a kid, and I never saw the film as a kid. (laughs) So, I have zero connection to this franchise. Um, So, we may be talking completely differently about this film. I will be very, very curious to hear, because I've seen some insane reviews of this film. I've seen people giving this fucking 8 out of 10, and- (laughs) As someone who has no connection to this franchise, I feel the same way about that, that I'm assuming other people feel about me giving Godzilla vs Kong a seven. <laughs> I'm fu- I'm floored. Didn't you give it an eight? I might have given it an eight. You know? <laughs> I'm floored. I'm shocked. I have no words for those people. And you might very well be one of those people for all I know. So, I mean, hit me with it. Did, t- I mean, did you like this movie? Oh, I'm here for it. Oh, man. <laughs> I am here for Mortal Kombat 2021. That, that's shocking to me. This was a very, 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 very bad film. <laughs> I have so little good to say about this movie. Of course it's a bad film. It's meant to be a bad film. It was always going to be a bad film. But completely separate to that, does it also just fucking rip as it should? <laughs> Mostly, yes. I mean, if I had some connection to it, I can see why it would be good. I, let me say this. I will start with some things. This is a very nice looking film. This doesn't look like a cheap video game film. It's shot really nicely. It's got some nice directorial flourishes. CGI isn't terrible. Um, I'm here for the look of the film. Yeah. Um. Go Australian film industry. You made a good looking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Rocked in Adelaide, mate. You know, you know, I read some I checked the um I checked the trivia on this film and one of the first things was <laughs> this killed me. Biggest budgeted film ever shot in Adelaide. <laughs> I'm guessing beating out the promo video that Port Adelaide made for their membership drive in 2018. <laughs> like what kind of bar did they have to clear? Snowtown? <laughs> Adelaide is picking up, man, because everything, of course, has been Gold Coast or Sydney. But yeah, Adelaide have just introduced a bunch of tax benefits. They're really trying to attract film there. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me though that <laughs> this is the biggest legitimately, this is a good production. Um the acting is appalling, as is the screenplay. Um both things are good. <laughs> You're kidding. You're <laughs> kidding. You think the acting Not- in this film is good. I'm here for the acting. It's absolutely fine. It does what it needs to do. It does what it needs to do, and it absolutely shits on the acting from the '95 film. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, that's that's not really saying much, <laughs> um, which was robbed of Oscars clearly. Um, but what I like, like right from the beginning of this film, we get that that flashback sequence from the 1600s, um, and the fighting in that sequence, it, it's good enough. Like, it's not a bad fight. It's not. It's not an. It's not like a great. It's not the raid. It's not. Bruce Lee, but it's it's a good enough fight scene. But it has a shit ton of blood, like enough yeah. that it's just silly. It has severed limbs. And r- so right away, it's just like, fuck yes, they've made a Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. That, Come that, at me. That is absolutely true. If you like gore, you will like this movie. Like it, And it does have a level of fun. It was really, it reminded me of like Raimi, you know, this very evil dead at parts where it's really just taking glee in how much blood can we have in this scene? You know, can we have a guy, can we have a guy clap another person's head to the point of explosion and and they just go for it and they do it. And, you know, because the look of the film is executed very well, um, it, it really is a lot of fun when those moments happen. Watching that opening sequence, I was like. This this feels reasonably well done to me. Like fans are gonna be like, oh sweet, it's Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Yeah. But if you it felt to me like if you didn't know that, that it still probably kinda worked as an open, as a kind of the cold open. Yeah, look, as as a non um franchised member, I will say that, yeah, the opening scene had me in. I, I was the same. I was like, wow, this is this is produced a lot better than I thought it would be, and this is really quite engaging. I was into that story. Unfortunately for me, that's where it ends, because from that point on, I just got more and more bored. So once Thor with a big hat turned up, it got worse for you. Yeah, like, and the thing is that even, even with the fun of the gore, that was not enough fun to keep me in. I was so thoroughly bored, because, as we said, this movie has no plot. This is literally the film equivalent of a fighting game. This is- this is watching characters' button mash. And as I feel about most games, like soccer, for example, I'm sure it's a lot of fun for the people who are playing it. It's fucking boring as shit for anyone trying to watch it. There's, um, you, you, this, you might be shocked to hear this. There are several football fans <laughs> in the world. It's um, the most watched thing on the planet. Yeah. So, yeah don't know if your statement holds <laughs> up um look okay i was i was being a bit little a little bit <laughs> cheeky there with soccer but you know like okay i recently got a vr headset and i've been i've been having some fun i don't want to know it. about your pawn fund <laughs> no, like, no, no 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 and that's no that's not what it's for mate for example i went rock climbing today man even though i was no, really you didn't. sick i did i climbed the alps and i can tell climbed you climbed the alps i was having the time of my life for anybody trying to watch me it would have been as about as much fun as watching Mortal Kombat. Well, I was going to say, that's the thing I want to watch is you with the VR headset on. <laughs> yeah. I think that would actually be fantastic. You, you might get a kick out of it. <laughs> so the film, as it should be, is under two hours. Good. Um, it should be shorter. Yeah, because it should be. Um, fuck you, Coles family. I don't care. Get out of this movie, family. <laughs> yeah. Get out. What are you doing? You're not going to punch anyone. No one's going to punch you. So what are you doing in this film? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> I got a bit of a kick when, for a second, I thought that Shredder from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie had turned up. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, it's, it's the first time we're seeing Sub-Zero looking like Sub-Zero. But for a second, I was like, why is Shredder here? <laughs> like, I'm not complaining. That's awesome. And you know what? That would have been better. Like, why not make this like a- like a Super Smash Brothers film, you know, get get everyone going in here like a big cooking pot of all video game fighting characters. Or maybe for the sequel, because this film, like hilariously, we don't even get to the thing that Mortal Kombat is like the tournament does not happen. Yeah. Did you read that? Um, I mean, the actor who plays Sub-Zero has been signed on for four sequels already. <laughs> Sick. That's too. that's that's untested. Why would you do that? How? Why would you guarantee but four it's not like sequels? But it's not like they need to pay the guy. You're just locking him in in case you want to do it. That's just good management. I guess. I, I, I disagree. <laughs> There's no way that we're going to get four sequels to this. I'll tell you that right now. People are enjoying this because of what the last year has been. People are enjoying this because we've been in COVID. There haven't been any big blockbusters. There hasn't been anything like this out. If this came out in any other year, it would not be as well received as it has been. And there is no way that a sequel is going to be as well received as this. This is going to be diminishing returns to the point of maybe one or two sequels. I think you are deeply underestimating the Mortal Kombat Hive. We were gonna love this, no matter what year it came out. Well, that's not no true. Matter. You didn't, but you didn't like all the other movies, so that's not. True. I just, I've just been talking about how much I love the first one. The first one. You know that there were two others that were. Yeah, Annihilation is maybe the worst film ever made. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, that's, truly, that's what I'm saying. Truly. So you can't. Don't tell me that you were gonna love this no matter what, when we've seen proof that-, that that's not true. But it's also proof that I'm willing to say when one is absolute hot trash as Mortal Kombat annihilation is. This one kind of rules, but that's what I'm saying, do you really think that a sequel, to- do you think can you see four sequels to this being made? I could see a trilogy, I could see um I could see the tournament being the next film and then them th- after they lose the tournament, the baddies throwing the toys out of the cot and trying to invade Earth anyway. That's what I'm hoping for. I want a trilogy. Well, I hope that I hope our show is done by the time those other films come out because I don't <laughs> want to watch them. <laughs> or do I just need do I just need to get really really into the video game series before that next film comes out? No, you don't need to. Cuz I've not actually like yes, I've played Mortal Kombat, but I'm not like I don't I don't know the lore that well. I just any time that Mortal Kombat has been a part of my life. I very much enjoyed that part of my life, apart from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. (laughs) So, like you said, first-time director. The screenwriter who worked on this, who was attached to this thing all through development, it's kind of unfair to say that he's a first-time screenwriter because he's written a lot of things. This is the first thing he's written that has actually been made. Um, And I'm in love with this guy already. I love him. <laughs> no, you I think don't. the film has. I think the film has just a brilliantly, lev- um, brilliantly balanced level of hamminess and cheese. I love it, and it, particularly in scenes where you've got Kano there to then make fun of precisely that. I think it works beautifully. I love Kano in this film. Just quietly, absolutely loved him. I couldn't tell you which one Kano is. Is he the Aussie? Kano's but- the. He's the foul-mouthed Australian guy. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't do it for me. And here's the problem with, and like, the biggest problem with the film that I have is that someone who's not involved in that level of hamminess at all is the main character. This guy who's not from the video game, Cole. He's just, he's the, the us of the film. Yeah. And he's, a not, he's not part of that cheesiness. He doesn't have the ham. He's doing earnest things like being, like, saying things like, I would die for my family. Like, well, then fuck off to Fast and Furious, mate, because I don't care about you. Get out of this film and let everyone else just wail on each other. Like, And particularly then when, like, Liu Kang is the main character of the 95 film. When Liu Kang turns up in this film, it's just a silhouette of Liu Kang. I was struck by, oh, wow, Liu Kang's silhouette is oddly powerful to me. Because I'm just like, oh, sweet, Liu Kang's in, just <laughs> from a silhouette. And I'm like, so... There's no reason not to just have Luke Kang be the main character for me. I don't care that he was in the 95. Just yeah. fuck off this coal guy. I don't care about him. I don't care about his family. Just give me these people biffing. Well, I think that's the thing. That's one mistake the film makes is that this film doesn't need an us. We don't need an, an inlet into this world. We, you know, like a lot of films will do that. They'll have like the everyman who is being introduced to this world so that you see it through their eyes. We don't need that because we're already primed to be seeing this through our, like, we as the audience, it's the same if you're playing a video game, you know? Like, you're just, yeah. you're here to it's watch dumb it. as rocks. Yeah. If you, like, there's nothing to follow. It's people fighting. Yeah. I agree with you there. I think that's a huge mistake it makes. I I didn't find myself invested in any of these characters. For me, the, like, and again, maybe it's just because I don't know who, who they are and I don't, you know- Maybe I wasn't ready for the level of hamminess, but I didn't find anything that funny. Um, I just, I, I just found everything incredibly boring for me. You didn't even find Australian actors trying to do American accents funny. I mean, that's always funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's some crackers in there. <laughs> there really is. There's tough. some absolute Belgian That guy from the um, the flavored milk commercials. That's that's <laughs> tough. That is very tough stuff. <laughs> One thing that people had always, like, fans of the video game, even if they do really like the 95 film, there's always been this thing that it was such a shame that it was a PG film. Because you can't do an honest representation of Mortal Kombat in a PG film. Um, this, of course, is an R-rated film, so they can kind of just go nuts on it. And... I absolutely loved it. Like Kung Lao, his fatality of Katara with the hat saw move. I love it. I love the little looking through the the massive hole that Sonya's put in someone with the spine still intact. It, it makes yeah. no sense, but it's like, whatever. It's kind of cool that the spine's still there. I just, I, I love that they did it. And I actually really like the execution. Agreed. Yeah, smart choice. I mean, it's the same- the problem that everyone had with Scream 3 was, what are you doing making a PG Scream film? Like, that's not what this franchise is. It would have been exactly the same thing. Like, Mortal Kombat is gratuitous violence. Like, that. That. that's literally all it is. Like, that, That's its mission statement. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely smart choice. And just to ham that up as much as possible. Not at all a fan of Prince Goro being killed by this character, Cole, who I don't care about. And- the fact, like, I mean, Goro is an end boss and he gets done away with midway through this film where we're not even up to the tournament yet by a guy who's just as a way of him learning that he has powers. Um, This, this sounds stupid, but I mean it. It is disrespectful to the character of Prince Goro. <laughs> the the <laughs> character, come off it. He should have been held over for the next film to be the end boss of the tournament. I think they've really crapped the bed with Prince Goro. I feel your passion. This, I, I know that I would be saying similar things if they made a Legend of Zelda film. So I understand where you're coming from. It does all just sound a little bit silly because this is just so incredibly bad. But but that, that's fine. That's fine. It, it's, it's all good. <laughs> Here's what I do love. Here's what I do love. The final fight scene. Cole's getting his ass kicked by Sub-Zero which is good because Sub-Zero rules and who the fuck is Cole. When he gets speared through the shoulder by Scorpion and the music starts up and he says the words, Get over here! Man, I'm not kidding you. My heart soared. (laughs) It is as happy as I have been watching a film in a very long time. Wow. Okay. Look- I'm 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 really glad. And anyone who didn't feel that way can't be friends with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so- Look, I'm really, really, really glad for you. I'm glad that you were happy. That makes me happy. It makes me happy that you were happy. I don't share the happiness. I give this a two. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand that. Two um, out of ten. Even though this is a film, well, two out of i I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> like, even though this is a film where, like- an hour and a half into this hour 50 film, you're like, so what are we building towards here? Yeah. Um, nothing. Nothing. A bunch of fights where they're not even particularly good fights. It's just showing these people, like, learning their sweet moves yeah. in preparation for what they hope will be the next film. Um, But, like, the studio saw me and other people coming a mile away. I am hardwired yeah. to enjoy this film. And I kid you not, I have very nearly watched it twice already. Just the night before the Oscars, I was like, what should should I put on? I ended up putting on Time, one of the um, best doco nominees, which I'd heard great things about. I kind of regret my decision. (laughs) I I wish I'd watched Mortal Kombat again. (laughs) The thing for me is it is shocking that a film- with this much gratuitous violence can be this boring. Like, I feel like this is a film that really, really should be fun. And I'm sure if you're familiar with the franchise and stuff, I get it. I get that it is fun for you and your people. I just wish it was more fun for me. <laughs> how, how are you scoring this? Are you, are, you, are you high on this? Like I've said, there are plenty of things about this film that I don't like. Is it by the accepted metrics? Of judging a film. Is it a good film? Of course it's not. Is that what I want from this film? Absolutely not. Um, I was very nearly a seven out of 10. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Wow.
1: There's, wow. A- there's enough
0: things like you know, it's it's a real problem when the central character, you're just like, I wish you weren't in this movie. That's a big problem. Um, so I'm I'm a six out of ten. Like, I'm still I'm a positive I'm absolutely I'm a positive score on this film. I genuinely, it's the it, it, five was never in the conversation. It was whether it was a, a six or a seven. Um, wow. I'm totally here for it. When I was making dinner earlier tonight, I had the music on from this film <laughs> um, until my other half was like, hey, do you want to listen to that podcast where Rob Lowe talks to Moira Rose? I was like, yeah, okay. That was a very polite way of saying turn off this stupid music. <laughs> um, after dinner, I was, you know, I had, I had the baby in the bath, and instead of renditions of Rubber Ducky, she got me whistling the Mortal Kombat music. Like, I'm just- <laughs> This film just has me back wow. in the zone okay. of Mortal Kombat. Look, I'll never I'm understand- I'm so happy it exists. I'll never understand how you could give this such a high score but hate on Godzilla vs. Kong. But I'm sure there are a million people out there who wouldn't understand the, you know, the reverse of that for me, so. But that, Yeah, that was one thing That's I felt genuinely That's- while watching this film. I was like, this, the feeling that I get from this film is undoubtedly what other people- yeah. Namely, yourself were getting from that film, which I thought was hot trash. Yeah. 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 Totally, totally fair. Totally fair. All right. Wow. Okay. What are we getting to next week? Do we know? I don't care, I'm gonna watch Mortal Kombat again. <laughs> Alright, or well maybe we'll do Mortal Kombat again. <laughs> just stick around for a surprise. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchtething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at we watch the thing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash we watch the thing, and we'll catch you next week.